I'm Kevin Gale, voice of the Crusaders, and this is Seder Stories, the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics, presented by UMass Memorial Health. On this episode, we continue our Crusader coaching profiles with Holy Cross women's volleyball head coach, Kathleen Colpoise. Coach Colpoise is now in her fifth season as the head coach at her alma mater. She graduated from Holy Cross back in 2012 as the first player in school history to record more than 700 career kills and 200 blocks. In 2021, Coach Colpoise became the first volleyball coach in school history to earn Patriot League Coach of the Year honors. It's great to have her here on the pod. Coach, welcome to Seder Stories. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is great. Great to catch you on fall break. Your team can focus on just being a volleyball team. And it kind of leads into the first question. You've been a player in this program. You're now a head coach. What kind of responsibility and honor do you take in the fact you're the head coach of your alma mater? Yeah, I mean, it's it's so special. Uh, the very first, seems like a lifetime ago, but five years ago, the very first game where I got announced again with, you know, in connection to Holy Cross Volleyball as the head coach, I choked up a little bit. Um, and I've, I've loved every place I've coached on my coaching journey. I've gotten the opportunity to work at a couple of different great schools, great programs, work with great student athletes and coaches, but Holy Cross is, it's it, it's home, you know? And so everything is that much more special here. I say to people, sometimes I think it's so true. The highs are higher and the lows are lower um, at Holy Cross. And so I got to take that in stride sometimes, but yeah, you know, Holy Cross volleyball is, is my family. You know, it has been since I was 18 years old. And so I think it is just such an honor to be able to lead this program and also a huge responsibility with that. You know, it's, it's also, I take a lot of pride in this program and the goal is not just, okay, back coming back to Holy Cross, but helping this program be successful, shaping it into sustained success with a great culture and a top tier education. And so I think with all the pride and passion comes a deeper sense of responsibility than I felt even anywhere else. When you're talking with recruits about what makes your program and this school so special, how much do you use your own experiences or your own stories as a former player? All the time. Um, you know, I, I love recruiting conversations and I feel like here it's so genuine. Like there's nothing, there's nothing sales pitchy necessarily when it comes to this place, because I joke with recruits, but it's true. Like I've chosen to come to Holy Cross twice. So, you know, my endorsement of the place that, that kind of tells you right there, but also it, being able to firsthand talk about different things when we're talking about, it's a difficult and rigorous academic institution. Like I know that I lived it. I, I was up late in dining and had to deal with, you know, Patriot League bus drive and an econ exam on Monday and, and all of that. And, and so I think that part's genuine. And then, but then there'll be so many examples where like someone will talk about something they're interested in and I'll say, oh, wow, you know, I have a teammate who did X and majored in, in this, and now this is her path and this is what she's doing 10 years out. And I think it just provides the reality to it, but it's authentic. Like those are real people. Those are their stories. And I love that I get to tell those stories and connect kind of the women that came before with the women that are here now or in the recruiting sense, like you just asked the women of the future of this program too. You have personal connections through your family to this college as well. You grew up on the South Shore in Situate. I guess we could call your parents so-called rivals. Your dad was captain of the sailing team at BC. Was there any pushing or pulling? 
My mom went to Providence. So add, add in the third Catholic school in the, in the region. But I do have a lot of family ties to Boston College. And then with my dad, a couple cousins, my brother, who's younger than me, ended up going to BC after the fact. And then my aunt went to Holy Cross and then a bunch of Providence friars too. So uh, we definitely have the the Catholic New England competition. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's it's funny. I grew up a huge BC fan. You know, we had season hockey tickets all going through middle school and, and part of high school. And so I was a huge BC fan, but Holy Cross was definitely the better fit for me. And to this day, I make sure I let my dad know that I went to the Superior Jesuit Institution in Massachusetts and let my brother know too. So uh, obviously great schools that we're talking about here, but I think Holy Cross is the best. That Jesuit education is clearly so important in your family. You had an outstanding high school career at Notre Dame Academy before you burst on the scene here at Holy Cross. Who were some of the most influential people in impacting your career as a middle hitter? Great coaches. And also I felt like throughout my whole career, I had really good competition within my teams in my position group, um, which I'm so grateful for because that made me have to be my best to beat them out for playing time and then also to beat our opponents. And so I think back to high school, you know, early on, um, I was a sophomore in varsity. We had a senior, Nina Bandera, that was my position. And um, I remember her like taking me under her wing a little bit, but also pushing me and and helping me compete there. Um, Mickey Cahoon uh, was the my high school head coach. He's uh, just across town at Clark now as well. Um, I really feel like he was the baseline of my fundamentals and learning a lot about being a middle there. And then when I got to college or even on my club team, you know, we had a couple great middles at one point, one year we did really well, but we had three really competitive middles. And I think that helped me a ton being able to work with and compete against those people. And then when I got here, you know, I think just really good coaches, that pushed me. I was a little bit raw when I got here, you know, being from New England, that's typically the case, but even especially back in 2008, that was certainly the case for New England volleyball. Um, and so I was really athletic, but definitely still a little bit raw on the volleyball side. And so my coaches between Merrick Farsha and Aaron Katie just really helped develop me and turn that athleticism into correct volleyball and all that stuff. And, you know, so I'm just super grateful for the teammates that both supported me and pushed me. And then also all my coaches along the way have just helped me become a better player and, and all that. You know, it's funny, coach, when I do these podcasts, I'll read back stats, league titles, accomplishments on the individual level. And a lot of coaches and former players like yourself will say, that's not really what comes to mind first when I think back to my four years as a player and a student athlete. So let me ask you this. What are some of the happiest memories during your four years on the court at Holy Cross? It's kind of like what you said. You know, I think the very first thing that comes back is just the people. Um, I sometimes say it to our team, like I'd give anything to just lace up the sneakers with my teammates who are now all over the country doing all sorts of different things. Some of them I see once a year, some I haven't seen in five years. Like if we could all just get back in the gym together and, and lace them up and get after it, I think that's what I miss the most. And that kind of goes back to some of the happiest memories is just the time spent with teammates, like in the trenches. I'm a really competitive person. So like the games are also some of my happiest memories. Like I can think of some big wins we had. I also right now could feel the pain again of some tough losses. You know, I remember it was my sophomore year or my junior year. We were up 2-0 and then we lost to Army in five. And like that was 15 years ago and it still hurts. <laughs> so um, I think those are some of the deepest memories. But just like bus trips, you know, with 
with my teammates, being able to spend time with them and just kind of like we we grew up together in a lot of ways. Like you enter as 18 years old, you leave at 22 years old. And I'm not saying that's grown, but it's not 18 anymore. And I just feel like even now, like the depth of our bonds, I always say like to this day, I refer to people as my teammate, even though I've been out of school for a while. And to me, like people will be like, oh, well, don't you mean your friend? And I'm like, well, no, they're more than my friend. Um, and I think the bond between teammates, whether it was your best friend or not, if you were a teammate, it's deeper than friendship. It's, you know, you're in the trenches together. You're celebrating the highest of highs and the lowest of lows together and not just in volleyball. And so I think those are definitely some of my fondest memories and kind of what you just said about the the numbers, like you read stats and numbers. And um, we used to give, we still do it a little bit too, um, like senior speeches at our banquet and everyone like my team makes fun of us now. I love numbers. I'm a very mathy person. And I actually like wrote out a whole speech and, and my speech at my senior year banquet was basically all about how the num like when you leave and when you're done, it's all about the people that wore the numbers next to you. And while you created the numbers that are the numbers that you're now reading and the things that stay in the history books. And like, that was 11 years ago. And right now I feel the absolute same, like the numbers matter, the stats matter, the wins and losses matter. If you're a competitive person, those numbers matter. But as you get further away from school, it's all about the people that wore the Jersey numbers next to you. And I think that's definitely how I feel about my career. That's great. Crusader bonds that will never be broken. Let's take a break. When we return, we'll dive into Coach Colpoy's tenure on the Holy Cross sideline right here on Seder Stories. At Fuel America, we've created a place for people to gather, to share their stories. We are a destination and we are a starting point because Fuel America is not just our name, it's our mission. We are UMass Memorial Health and innovation is something that defines us, that drives us to discover new ways to provide answers and hope, to provide opportunity and access and equity for everyone, to redefine what medicine can do and how it can heal relentlessly. Wegmans Meals To Go makes eating well extra easy. Power up with one of our poke bowls or poke salads. They're made with all your favorite sushi ingredients and served over your choice of greens or grains. Pick from shrimp, king salmon, ahi tuna, and more. And poke is just the beginning. Our fresh-made salads, hand-rolled sushi, and other favorites can be delivered right to your door with a simple tap or click. Order on the app or visit mealstogo.com. Select stores only. Minimum $20 order for delivery. Check availability in your area. The right way to top a sub is with real red wine vinegar made from red grapes and no food coloring. And the right way to film it is in slow motion. Obviously. Because authentic ingredients make a sub above. Whether you are looking at hosting a birthday party, corporate or youth team outing, church group, or just a night out with some friends, Holy Cross Athletics has just the experience to make your event unforgettable. Holy Cross Athletics offers a number of interactive group experiences where your groups can even have the option of adding food and drinks to your experience. For more information, please call 1-844-GO-CROSS or email us at tickets at holycross.edu. 
2023 Holy Cross football single game tickets are now on sale. Cheer on the four time defending Patriot League champs at Fit and Field. You can buy your tickets now at GoHolyCross.com slash tickets or call 1-844-GO-CROSS. Welcome back to Seder Stories presented by UMass Memorial Health. I'm Kevin Gale, voice of the Crusaders, joined by Holy Cross women's volleyball head coach Kathleen Colpoise. Coach. Did you ever think when you graduated from Holy Cross back in 2012 that you'd be back someday as head coach? Honestly, no. And at my coaching journey, like I didn't even know I wanted to coach until January of my senior year here. I was an econ major. I have an econ degree from Holy Cross. And until that January of 2012, I anyone who asked me, I was going into finance and I was all about that path. And and all about it. And it kind of, you know, really had a, a pivot point for me and, and with some reflection and different stuff that Jan, that winter break going into the second semester was just like, I could do that and like it, you know, but I, I want to do something more impactful. I want to have to do something that involves people more than um, some of the finance careers I was looking at. And so for me, I kind of had a little bit of a hit the panic button and but also kind of thought and processed. And I loved athletics. I had played pretty much every sport growing up. I played three sports in high school and really felt like I wanted to stay in the athletics realm and that that was going to be the the most meaningful kind of vocation and job I could pursue. And so I really had like a hard pivot at that point. I you know had interviews at financial firms and, and all that. And I was like, I want to coach. I, I want to stay in this. I think this is something that could be really good. And so at that point, I was just like, okay, am I crazy or, or not? So at the point of graduation, I think I was still like, all right, I want to go into coaching, but I don't know where this is going to lead. Um, and now this many years later, you know, being able to be the head coach at my alma mater is just so incredibly special but at the point of graduation and especially at the point when I finished in November of my senior year of college I was going into finance uh, so I never in a million years thought that I'd get to represent this program again but everything happens for a reason in life and I'm so grateful that I am able to represent this program now and like I said bear the responsibility of leading this program and, and making us better. It's a great story about following a passion and taking a chance, you still have this great degree from a great college in a field that you can always go into later, but you found a passion as an assistant coach at UNH and then later as head coach at Stonehill. I'm always curious how differently you started to see the game as a first-time coach as opposed to a player who may have been just sitting a couple seats down on the bench. Yeah, I feel like I see the game so differently now. I think um, oftentimes they talk about some of the things you're best at coaching or the best at seeing or the things you were worst at playing. Uh, and sometimes I totally feel that because in my early days of coaching, that's where I had to like really perk up, right? If someone else was talking about something that maybe I wasn't as experienced at as a player, that's where I got to learn from my mentors and and learn more about different parts of the game and and different aspects of the game and and all of that. So I think you see things so differently. I think volleyball is such a specialized sport. We all have really different jobs, but they're equally valuable in the team's ability to win and they have to work right next to each other. Um, but because of our specialization, sometimes you could, like I was a middle my entire playing career. And so the lens in which I saw the game through was a middles lens. Um, and of course, I'm always going to be a middle coach. Like I'm always going to have that lens as my most natural and 
and see the game as someone who was up in that front row the whole time, you know, talk about different things, but as a coach, you get to expand your lens and just see so much more of the game, how much everything is interconnected and then help each player and position group kind of do their piece to fit into the bigger puzzle. So I, my, my volleyball IQ, my knowledge of the game is is so much deeper now than it was um, as a player. And obviously that's not a completed task either. You know, I'm still learning as a coach and I'm going to keep studying and learning from different people to, to get better. I'm glad you mentioned that wider scope and, and it goes beyond the court because you reached a couple NCAA tournaments before arriving at Holy Cross. But when I was looking back on your career, what really stood out to me was during your time at Stonehill, you were a facilitator for the Mentors in Violence Prevention and Alcohol Intervention Programs. How did those initiatives become meaningful to you? Yeah, I think always, I've always viewed my responsibility as a coach is not just the volleyball. Um, it is not just the X's and O's. And I think we we talk about that as within our program too, you know, at the end of the day, the X's and O's matter. We're division one volleyball program, or in that case, Stonehill at the time was division two, you know, the volleyball matters. We're all here to compete, but it's not just about that. And that kind of goes back to what I said before and choosing this path for coaching too is, you know, I felt like this could be a more meaningful profession where I'm impacting lives. Um, And so that's where it's, we're trying to develop great volleyball players but we're also helping you become a better person and grow through that. And we're here for the good times and the bad times, and we're here to help you be a better student and, and all of that. And so I just think kind of some of the things I was involved with at Stonehill was like, I got almost volunteered for one thing. And then I was on that committee and it went well, or I branched out with other people on campus and they were like, Hey, I think you would be someone to be involved in this. And then, um, Mentors and violence prevention was an incredible experience. That was something I was so lucky. Our um, senior administrators picked two coaches and uh, two administrators to go to this conference at Northeastern where they run the MVP training. And I don't know what I did to get picked, uh, but I'm so glad I apparently, you know, did things that they thought I'd be good for that because I do think that's so important, you know, at our core. And that that's a cause that's super, you know, important to me. Um, and I think being able to bring that back to the entire Stonehill athletics department and in the mentors and violence prevention, and it became a train the trainer. So we, we did it with all the student athletes, but we also trained other trainers on campus. And yeah, when I think back to the time there, a lot of it is about volleyball. And thank you for reminding me that, because that was one of those things where I felt like I was impacting lives beyond volleyball, but also my life was impacted beyond volleyball through my work with all that too. That's incredible to hear. Let me give you one date, though, in particular, I want to focus on September 10th, 2019. Do you remember that day? There's a ball in my office. That is first, first win. First win. 3-0 sweep of Merrimack. What gave you most pride in getting that first win and guiding that 2019 team? I probably in the moment there was definitely, if I'm being super honest, a little bit of a monkey off the back because that was, I think we played maybe six games by that point, or maybe it was the second week. So we're maybe only at three games by then, but it, you know, I think anytime you win at this level, it's, it takes everyone. It's such a team sport. And so at that moment it was okay. We had been working hard. We put a lot of pieces together and we were able to get a win. And anytime you win in three, 
in volleyball, it feels good. And so I think that was just great. And it was, you know, a good moment for that team. Like, I don't, I don't think about that as much about moment for me. Like, sure. Yeah. First, first win as a head coach that always exciting. And like I said, there's a ball in my office with it on it. You're bringing it up now, but at the time it was just about that team and those players and that group being able to see the hard work that we'd been putting in carry through to a victory in a game. And I think every, any win, that's how I feel about it. It's we, we get to enjoy the the fruits of our labor. And so that was a good one. You know, there's been some good ones since, and I think there's a lot of good wins in the future. And and those are the ones that I'm most excited about right now is, is what's our next win look like and, and when we're going to get that and, and working towards it. I'll have you look back one more time to that 2021 season under your coaching, both Claire Honan and Katie Karens joined you as the only Crusaders ever to reach 700 career kills and 200 blocks. What did it mean to share that honor for the first time with two outstanding players that that you got to coach? That was honestly one of the, like both of those moments. I remember Claire um, was a home game and Katie's was actually in the final game of the career, which was the, uh, the semifinal game uh, at Colgate. And both like I, when Claire first did it and became the second ever, I just remember being like, this is the coolest job in the world. Um, because it was so awesome to see her succeed and, and, you know, make it to that milestone. And for me, I, obviously it's clear. I love this job. I love Holy Cross. As I said, Holy Cross volleyball is my family, but I didn't come back to this program. I don't have this job for my name and for my teammates names to stay in the record book. Like if we're doing this right, there should be five more people in that 700, 200 club. And, you know, every name that was on the top 10 list should be slowly erased because this program is going to keep getting better and better. So I think for me, that moment was just so cool to see Claire's hard work and then Katie's hard work pay off and get there. But big picture, I feel like I do have a unique lens of this program. You know, I joke, I'm like, I've been part of this program since 2008. (laughs) Like, I know I had pockets away, but even then I was an alum. So I was still part of the program. Seeing when someone does that, when someone has a new milestone or something, it's just the program getting better. And so it was just such a full circle moment to to celebrate that with Claire and Katie and and have them, you know, succeed individually, but obviously as a team, we succeeded really well. That's that spring season two. And uh, so it was just all really special. And shortly after that, in 2021, you were named Patriot League Coach of the Year. That's that's a truly humbling honor. And I know it can be hard to look inward and reflect on your own accomplishments, but I've got to ask, when you think about yourself as a volleyball coach, an alum who's leading the program, what do you think your greatest strengths are in that role? Yeah, I think the the passion, right? Like I said, kind of when you were talking earlier about the recruiting piece, like I, I don't have to fake an ounce of passion for this program. Like the highs are higher, the lows are lower. The pride is real and the pride is genuine. And, you know, I genuinely want this program to be successful. I genuinely work for this program to be successful. And, you know, at times we we haven't been as successful as I want to be. And that means I have to work harder. We have to work harder and, and all of that. But yeah, I, I think that part is a strength is that, you know, I bleed purple. It's not, it's not fake. It's, it's not forced. It's, it's super real. Um, and so I think that's a huge strength. And then I like to think the relatability piece too, 
you know, like I, I went here, I lived this life and it looks a little different now, but a lot of things are also the same. And so I can understand balancing the academic challenges while also balancing the athletics here and, and competing at a high level and, and being able to relate to and then motivate our student athletes accordingly with that. Let's take one last break. When we return, we'll talk with Coach Cole Poise about the 2023 Patriot League volleyball season and beyond right here on Sager Stories. We are UMass Memorial Health, and innovation is something that defines us, that drives us to discover new ways to provide answers and hope, to provide opportunity and access and equity for everyone to redefine what medicine can do and how it can heal relentlessly. Wegmans Meals To Go makes eating well extra easy. Power up with one of our poke bowls or poke salads. They're made with all your favorite sushi ingredients and served over your choice of greens or grains. Pick from shrimp, king salmon, ahi tuna, and more. And poke is just the beginning. Our fresh-made salads, hand-rolled sushi, and other favorites can be delivered right to your door with a simple tap or click. Order on the app or visit Mealstogo.com. Select stores only. Minimum $20 order for delivery. Check availability in your area. The right way to top a sub is with real red wine vinegar made from red grapes and no food coloring. And the right way to film it is in slow motion. Obviously. Because authentic ingredients make a sub above. We are UMass Memorial Health, and innovation is something that defines us, that drives us to discover new ways to provide answers and hope, to provide opportunity and access and equity for everyone, to redefine what medicine can do and how it can heal relentlessly. Getting that perfect slice is satisfying, fulfilling, and rewarding too. But we don't do it for fun. We do it for fresh. Slice to order makes a sub above. 2023 Holy Cross Winter Sports season tickets are now on sale. Secure your seat all season long inside the Heart Center for basketball and hockey. Learn more about season tickets at GoHolyCross.com tickets or call 1-844-GO-CROSS. Welcome back to Seder Stories, the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics, presented by UMass Memorial Health. I'm Kevin Gale, and this is a Crusader coaching profile with Holy Cross women's volleyball head coach, Kathleen Colpoise. Coach, let's dive into your current season in the Patriot League. You've got a young team on the rise. How have you seen them grow the most since they first arrived on campus this summer? We've been getting better. Um, the wins haven't come yet. You know, we're about to start the second half of Patriot League play and and we think there's wins on the table for us for sure. And but we we keep getting better, but our competition keeps getting better or the level of team we're playing is that much better than the previous weekend. Um, and so with that, it means you just got to accelerate your rate of growth, right? It's okay, we're getting better, but we're losing. So we still have to get better faster and and get better more quickly. And but I think we we've had really great pockets of play. Um, I think our outsides between Rachel and Abby have been doing a spectacular job. I think they've really exploded since we got back in August. And honestly, both of them that started in the spring that started in January, you know, right there, 
Rachel, especially she's jumping higher. She's faster than last fall. And you can tell she's scoring more points and, and all of that. So, um, you know, I think there's been a lot of, a lot of growth and, and a lot of acceleration. I think our serving game has really progressed um, when it's on. It's one of our biggest strengths right now. And then our defense has been a little hot and cold. That's something we're talking about as a team this week is, is we need to be harder to score on. But when we are hard to score on, then then our offense can do really great things. And so I think the offense is definitely something that keeps growing. You mentioned your outside hitter, Rachel Johnson, who's having a stellar sophomore year. What a pickup she's been from Florida. But in terms of building your future, I see that you've got a lot of really impactful juniors when you look at the scoring and the stats on your team. Who do you think is going to be that next standout leader as you build this team heading into next year? Um, as far as juniors go, you know, Abby Lane, I just mentioned her a second ago, too, as the other one-two punch in that that outside duo. Abby's been a six-rotation player for us for a couple of years. She's a captain as a junior this year for us. And so I think for for her and our team, you know, her continuing to grow and continuing to impact is going to be huge for us. I always said, you know, until I became a senior, I didn't realize how much seniors can truly want it. And so whenever you have a team that has a lot of seniors on it, I think it's you're that much hungrier. Um, and so we do. We we have a lot of seniors coming ne- like rising seniors for next year that should be very hungry, you know, and obviously we're not moving there yet. We're still we're still very much into this season and and they're juniors. But, you know, Abby is a six rotation player, huge impact for us. Ryan is another captain, um, Ryan Millership. And so she does a ton for us on the court and off the court. Just a really good vocal leader. I see her growing into that too. And, and then we got Lauren Halverson. She was a middle this year. She's transitioned more to the right side. She's had, she's gone off and had some great games this season, um, some high hitting percentages and, and all that. If we can continue to build that and find some consistency, I think uh, she's someone who could be a huge, huge impact uh, senior year. And then Sarah Stokes will be our fourth senior next year. And, um, you know, she's gotten a bunch of time this year and, and different things working in as a setter right now, we kind of have three setters rotating through. And so we've been really young and now we're in a point where we have a lot of sophomores and juniors with a lot of playing experience, which means next year, we're going to have a lot of juniors and seniors with playing experience. And obviously experience doesn't earn you any points. It just prepares you to earn those points. Um, and so we got to keep getting better and, and keep finishing the job as we go. But, um, you know, we certainly have some some bright spots for the future in next year. But I also think we've got some key pieces right now to to if we can get a little bit better and put all the pieces together, I think we can win some great games down this home stretch of this season. Yeah, that's a perfect segue. As we get deeper into the league schedule, now a second go around against these teams you get very familiar with now. What types of specific goals are you setting for this team? And and what would a quote unquote successful season look like here in 2023? I mean, at the start of the season, you know, we go in and a successful season is winning as many games as possible and being one of the teams that make the Patriot League tournament. Um, You know, I think if we're not shooting for that in August, then we're doing something wrong. You know, Uh, at the end of the day, we're here. We're here to win. And so obviously from a mathematical standpoint, you know, the playoffs are still possible. And that is right now still one of our goals. Um, But if you I'm big on we got to break it down to the smaller goals. You know, we can't just say, okay, second round of playoffs or second round of Patriot League play right now. Let's make the playoffs right now. We got to win a set you know, in our first, in our next game, win, win the first set in the next game. Um, And we play everyone again, that's eight teams. You know, I think we, we got a lot of opportunities to win this league 
league is super competitive there, but there's also a lot of parity. You know, everyone's kind of picking everyone else off right now, except for us. Uh, and I think right now we need to enter that chat. And after seeing everyone the first time around, have tons of respect for them. I think there's a lot of great teams in this league. I think at our best, we can compete with all of them. Um, and that's what we need to do right now is consistently produce our best and play to our potential. And if we play to our potential, that's where we can win. Um, and so for us, we actually, I mean, this week we're resetting, going, going into round two. We've got four physical identities. We said at the beginning of the season, if we're doing these four things, we're we're going to be successful or we're going to have an opportunity to compete. We just reassessed this past weekend. We didn't do any of those four things. So it's, it's no mystery why we're not succeeding in, in this past weekend, but that also is our blueprint for where we go from here and, and locking in. And so um, this week's awesome for us because it's fall break and we're playing a, an opponent we just played. So we get to focus on us and make us better. And ultimately our, our winning and losing right now is going to come down to what we're doing on our side of the net. And I think we're really bought into that and, and willing to put in the work to, to get the wins where we need them. So when you need to set an example on your side of the net, I mean, 2012 sometimes seems like a long time ago, but it really wasn't. Do you still jump in there and show your middles how it was done in your day? Definitely not. <laughs> I, uh, I do not jump like I used to. That is that is very apparent uh, anytime I'm doing anything. So uh, no. Oh, no, it yeah, 2012 wasn't that long ago, but my body feels like it was a very long time ago. So I do not jump nor uh, react and move like I used to. So I don't think I'd, I'd be showing them up. I got to keep the street cred. They, you know, we just we can't can't see me now and jump in like five inches lower than what I used to jump. So <laughs> I'm fully retired. Uh, but you know, I, every once in a while, you know you know, just remind us of what we can do or bring up different experiences for sure. But my, my playing days are over for me. I, I like that. Just point to the wall where it shows 700 kills and 200 blocks and say, I've, I've done my part. I wanted to ask you, you mentioned the, the bond you have with your teammates, alums scattered all over the country now. How valuable is their support and, and how have you tied in some of your Crusader teammates and friends of the program from the past into your program today? Yeah. Um, I mean, having their support is everything. And um, I say this to them all the time, like support comes in different ways. Obviously, um, you know, we think support from fundraising and that's a huge priority in our program. We need that. We we need the money to do what we do and compete at the top level and provide the experience we provide to our student athletes. Um, but support isn't just money. You know, even so many of my teammates watch and I joked about this with our assistant coach the other day, but like we'll finish a game and there's people texting about it and, and different stuff. And it's just really cool in that moment to think about like, okay, that person was watching us in California. That person was watching us in Louisiana. That person was watching us in New Jersey. Like there, even if they're not all here and wearing their purple and the bleachers with us every day, they're following, they're supporting, they're, they're wanting us to succeed. Um, and so being able to kind of remind our players too, I'll say, I'll be like, Hey, I had three alums text after that match. This is what they were saying. And, and things like that. So that connection has been great. Our 90 wide program, you know, we had kind of a career database that we had launched a couple of years before, but last year we, we came under the 90 wide umbrella. Um, and so it's been awesome. A bunch of my teammates are in there as mentors. And I think that's been one of the coolest things for me is to hear from the mentor 
about their relationship with their mentee and then hear from the player um, and, and hear about their mentor and, and the match or this was a great match or so-and-so so funny and, and things like that. So it's been really cool for all of them to be able to mentor from a career standpoint, but also just a life standpoint. The same way I said, I lived this life, like every one of our alums lived the life of a Holy Cross volleyball player and can help provide support to our current athletes in career in academics in just social life and, and kind of balancing it all and, and all that stuff. So it's just really awesome to be able to kind of connect everyone from the past into now. And like I said, even if we're not all here all the time, there's ways to connect um, remotely. And I think that's been great. Coach, this has been great. Thank you so much for sharing the stories about how you still bleed Crusader Purple and all the connections that you have to the past, present, and future of this program. But before we wrap up, we always have to set up our Crusader coaching profiles with a rapid fire question round. So give us the first thing that comes to mind. Here we go. Okay. Favorite restaurant in Worcester? The Fix. Kills or Blocks? Kills. Favorite TV show? Oh, Ted Lasso. Dogs or cats? Dogs. What's your match day superstition? Do you have all day? A <laughs> uh, bunch of different things. <laughs> I'm very superstitious. Outfits sometimes are superstitious. If we like lost badly in an outfit, I can't wear that out outfit combination. But we sometimes we listen to a, a song. Coach Connor and I, every single game since my playing career through now, uh, during the national anthem, I repeat the same prayer in my head. So I think that's a, that's a tradition that is also a superstition too. I got to do it. So a lot of little things, like if we win with a pen, I have to write my lineup with that pen. I'm crazy. Wow. It's, it's all you can control sometimes as a coach on game day. So yeah, there you go. Well, well here's a perfect segue question then. If you weren't a coach, what would be your job specifically? Oh, I don't know. Some something in finance, probably, uh, you know, something in, in like a trading floor type of thing uh, would be probably where my path went. Uh, if I could choose something else at this point, probably still in athletics, um, you know, maybe in some sort of like marketing or, or even sports management, something like that. When you're not coaching, what's your hobby? A lot of sports. I'm a huge Boston sports fan. So following them, hopefully in their successes of late, some failures, but yeah. Can't win them all. Favorite place to vacation? Aruba. Favorite spot on Holy Cross's campus? Memorial Plaza. And last but not least, what's the best part of your job? The people. Like the people at this place, the student athletes I get to work with every day, hands down, the best part of this job. Kathleen Colpoise, thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck the rest of the way, and I'm sure we'll see you around campus soon. Thanks so much. Appreciate you having me. Anytime. And my thanks to everyone for tuning in to Seder Stories. Tell your friends, spread the word about Seder Stories. Anyone can subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you'd be so kind, please leave us a five-star rating and review. It's still the best way for fellow Crusaders to find our shows. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm Kevin Gale. Go Cross Go.